0: You're listening to the Tom Ficklin Show on WNHHLP 103.5 FM, your home, a community radio. Good morning, good morning, and happy Friday to all. We welcome you to the Real Talk. Um, it's the Tom Ficklin Show. Um, I first always like to thank my buddy Tom Ficklin, who allows me to do this once a month, the first Friday of every month. And we try to make sure that we have pertinent topics that are um, pertinent to our people and the community. So today, our title of The Real Talk Show is Education is the Key to Success. And I have the privilege uh, to introduce to you Miss Arden Santana, who's gonna give us a brief overview of her academy that she runs. And um, we'll get into this topic about education and how important it is in our local community. Ms. Arden Santana, you can introduce yourself and tell the public what it is that you do on a regular basis.
1: Good. Happy Grand Rising, everybody. Um, As you heard, my name is Arden, and I am the founder of Sage Academy. Um, At some point, I'll try to change it in the name over here and add it. But Sage Academy is an independent um, or non public school that was originally founded to serve students virtually um, in my homes of Maryland, Philadelphia, and Connecticut um, pre COVID. um, And COVID was the impetus for us just being able to expand and serve families beyond the uh, north region uh, area of the state, um, of the country, rather, um, and, eventually, and the potential to go international, right, because that's what virtual has done for us, just opened up the world. Um, but now I'm back in New Haven, Connecticut, which is my hometown, um, where Sage Academy is available for ages 6 to 11-year-old on-site, in-person, in New Haven, no um, farther than the hand in line. By the middle of August, we will have confirmed our our school home, our school house for the 2022-23 academic year. Um, And overall SAGE SAGE Academy is focused on civics. Civics is one of the pillars of literacy for us. Um, Civic literacy um, we feel is equal in uh, importance to to the nation's health, to the nation's growth as reading, writing, and math. Um, So that's a little bit about SAGE Academy. Okay,
0: that's great. And so just kind of explain how long the program's been going and, you know, some of the goals that you have. And is, is there anything that the community can help, um, maybe some fundraising and some other things that, you know, may help with the program?
1: Absolutely. Thank you for that question. Um, we're Like I said, we're non-public, so that means we're tuition-based um, and we are seeking grants, But we're always, always, always looking for sponsors and donors who are willing to give to the academy so that parents, um, families who want to have some sort of educational um, alternative outside of traditional school settings can be able to experience SAGE Academy. Um, So we welcome the donations to be able to fund that and be able to say yes to a parent who can't but wants to. Um, What do we have going on? Our enrollment is happening now. We are actually halfway at full capacity. So this is our second year. We officially opened our doors to the world in 2019. So we're in our second year, where we again have live online classes, but we're scaling a little bit um, to accommodate the the demand. The demand among a target market of homeschoolers, people who already homeschool or to accommodate um, that group of people who have caused the number of homeschoolers who are already doing so to rise um, because of what we learned through through COVID, because um, people are just realizing there's another alternative um, if they're not content with um, the traditional settings for whatever reason. Um, So that's allowed us to expand, um, to accommodate those families in a way who wanna curate their educational experience. So we're digitizing our curriculum so that self-paced classes will be available for homeschoolers um, who prefer that. They wanna be able to learn you know, when they're traveling. You know, they, have, they have a different sort of lifestyle that's usually in alignment with um, their businesses, entrepreneurship, um, more flexibility with the way the parents work and that sort of thing. Um, but our traditional school students could benefit because maybe they need a supplement. Maybe they'd benefit better from being able to take a self-paced course online that's different than what, what, what the traditional structure is offering. Um, So that's coming in the fall. And right now we're enrolling for the Youth Academy, which has six available positions um, to hopefully get one.
0: (laughs) So now, as I just kind of recall, you you did mention about the COVID period that we went through. As I kind of recall, a lot of students in the public schools didn't do well when it went from being in the class to being online and, and keeping up with the um, grade um, you know, requirements and the, and the work requirements. So um, just talk a little bit about what, what do you see is kind of the difference with what the academy specializes and how does that also tie in with what state requirements that you still have to um, adhere to as an academy um, for learning for, for youth?
1: Wonderful, well, great questions, Marie. So um, the, and repeat the first part for me. i just going to repeat the first well,
0: part. Well, the part was, um, I'm just was remembering that a lot of the students really suffered when the, we, we were remote and they, they weren't in the daily class. So how could how that kind of compare to the specialties that you kind of do at the academy and how does that relate to the state requirements for what the academy has to produce?
1: Okay, so I'll start with the back end. So the state requirements for what the, the academy is, so let me start with saying that Connecticut is one of the most lenient states for homeschooling. All who's been enrolled in the system has to do is submit a letter of intent and remove your child and you can, you can homeschool, right? So, and then what that looks like for families is totally different. You know, the, the parent is responsible for um, what it, is the the curriculum that they deliver to their child. But at the end of the day, how that curriculum is delivered, the methodology, the pedagogy, the the external resources and supports that are available vary. Um, So Sage Academy can be one of those. Um, And as a non-public school, um, we, again, it's very lenient. So the expectations I have for Sage Academy is, I think, equivalent, if not, above par to what the current, I mean, I, I gotta be candid because I'm, I'm very careful in this and it's been a concern to mine since I've returned. Um, I'm educated in New Haven public schools, you know, born and raised here. Um, and I've taught in New Haven public schools as well as schools in uh, Maryland, okay? Prince George's County public schools. So I've seen the system from the inside as a teacher mm-hmm. under no child left behind policy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've experienced it as a student, I've experienced it as a parent. Um, so what's contributed, what contributed to the downfall, Not to be careful with your words here, um, the challenges, mm-hmm. the learning loss right, that um, children experience through COVID. It had more to do, in my opinion, in my educated opinion, expert opinion, is with the s- districts not providing teachers the appropriate training to yeah, be able to accommodate the oh. virtual learning. The virtual oh. learning is not the issue. The issue is how to do it, how to engage the students, how to make sure that they're, you know, I, I'm, I, I, my market research includes the students. I'm not just talking to parents. I want to know what students want, what did they hate about COVID, what do they like about online, are their preferences. Um, and I had a, a young lady tell me the other day, senior in high school, she's like, I, I would fall asleep sometimes because the teachers mm-hmm. were just sitting talking at us. And one of the critical things about good, a good teacher or a good classroom um, and good teaching and learning has to do with classroom management first and foremost. It doesn't matter what the curriculum is, you can't deliver it if the classroom is out of control. So if teachers are struggling with classroom management in person, <laughs> imagine the, wow. being thrown into a situation where you have to do that virtually and you haven't had have the training to do that. So how does SAGE counter that? We make it fun. We make it engaging. We partner with other platforms and um, other service providers to use um, learning tools that students love, you know, Um, and and, and that's what we do. And our teachers, and as far as the standard to match the state, all of our our curriculum is based on the standards, the state standards. Um, So we look to that as a guide to know what children have to learn at each phase of their development. And for me, that aligns better with age than it does grade. Age is where, how we develop, you know, by the number of years our brain is taking to, you know, be able to do the things it needs to do cognitively and in terms of motor skills and all of those things. Um, so you'll notice me refer to age more than I do grades. Um, and then we're meeting the child where they are, making sure that the learning is student directed and we're pulling out of them what they wanna learn, not top down, teaching at them what it is we think they need to know.
0: So what would you, what would be your encouragement to a um, parent who's on the borderline of wanting to go to Sage Academy versus staying in the public school system?
1: What would be my my, my opinion? What would be my advice? It would
0: be your two minute elevator speech to that parent. Mm,
1: Elevator speech means you want the professional version. (laughs) Um, I'm not sure I would have a a, a elevator speech. I'm going to respond to the question that the, that the parent has. Mm -hmm. Um, and honestly, Maurice, I sit here mulling over how to answer that question. It, 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 if you're not satisfied, whether Mm -hmm. it be because of mandates, restrictions, uh, bullying, discrimination, mediocre, you know, teaching quality, pull them, pull them. And education, freedom is not free. So education is an investment, right? You, it, it, you, put, you get out what you put in. You, if the system is not doing what you need it to do, then we as a people have to be comfortable and um, prepared to step out of the system and do something different. So I would encourage them to really, it, it all starts at home, you know, evaluate what the needs are of your household, what is the long-term goal for your family? You know, the, the buzzword now is generational wealth and, you know, healing and these types of things. So how are you doing it? And it, it begins with educating your children. You have to educate, we have to educate our children and ourselves. Even as adults, some of us are at deficits in the areas that, that, that matter. Um, so assess your household. What are the goals in terms of your values? What are your civic goals? All right, and that, that's where Sage Academy makes the difference because you cannot, you have, once you can read and write and do basic arithmetic, you can do whatever it is that you wanna do in the world. And no matter what it is you're doing in the world, you're engaging civically. So if you don't have, if you're not proficient in that skill set, which less than 25% of our nation's eighth graders aren't, I mean, are proficient, right? And then that's not assessed when they reach 12th grade and graduating into the world, as the school mission statements say, they're supposed to be um, productive citizens and contribute to society and, you know, be model citizens, and these types of things. But we're not even assessing their civic literacy skill at 12th grade when it's time for them to begin to do that. So let's learn how to engage civically because everything you do is civic engagement from working you know, getting your driver's license. Uh, you know, calling the city hall to get the trash picked up on your street. Uh, you're in commerce every day. You know, buying, You know, you're you're we're we're, we're consumers. It's all civic engagement, and we have to learn the processes um, that are working um, in the system. Period. We're not. You know, you're not going to change it. We're not going to overthrow it. It's not. <laughs> it, it's it's that that narrative even has to change.
0: So now, you know, as the title of the show is Education is a Key to Success, let's talk a little bit about this prison pipeline, because I learned this a few years ago, and it was very um, shocking to me. Um, I was at an NAACP general meeting, and we had a um, special invited guest, um, and, and she was able to, she actually founded um, Reed's New Haven. And okay. You know, rest in peace, she has passed since then. So she explained to us that they prepare um, prison beds and facilities based on individuals not having not on the third grade reading level. So can you speak to that? And 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 I and I know we have on the news and we're seeing press conferences the other day about how bad the reading levels are in the New Haven public schools. And one thing I do is, you know, I always tell people on my show that I don't you know whether it's a department whether it's a city situation or whatever it is i don't i don't s- want to speak to be negative but we're speaking to try to correct and rally support around this important topic of our young people being educated, because we know that is going to open the doors to success for them as they are educated. So how do we kind of talk about this prison pipeline with so many of our young people not reading on the grade level that they should be reading on?
1: Let me tell you, Marie. this conversation is so rich, and it's rich because we're going to keep it authentic. We, ha- we have to begin to talk the reality and the truth about what is. Um, and this is important to me again, because I, I want New Haven public schools, particularly to know that I'm an ally and not a competitor um, because I have interests in the New Haven public school system still because I have friends and family whose children are still in these schools. Um, so I, I want to partner with New Haven public schools to address that very issue, the reading um, deficits. Um, so as far as you've already stated the statistics, we, you know, that's true. So, the bottom line is we have to address it. Um, and I actually sat in on a meeting uh, with the city um, in May uh, who was addressing you know, the um, literacy practices in, in the system and so on and so forth. And there is a solution on the table um, by a company called Literacy How um, that's produced a reading curriculum um, that's based off of research by the Haskins Lab, which is actually a lab here in New Haven, an independent research lab um, that's been here in New Haven since I think 1970 or something like that. Um, and it was viable. you know. I, I sat in, it, it, I, like I said, I'm, I'm new back, so I'm figuring out who's who and what's what and what's going on and um, another issue and why we have the platform to say it, folks are not being notified of what's happening at the time it's happening. Where their voices can be heard so I'm sitting in this meeting where there is a proposal on the table for a new curriculum to address the reading problem. way underattended, okay um, and it seemed to be from the representative for the school system some resistance to the change. Um, and, and that's I, I want to meet with her and you know, and just sort of you know have a dialogue with her about is did i am i did i misinterpret um is there resistance and why um and just you know i'm keeping abreast of what's happening with that because as i listen to the presentation it's a viable program um and it's something that we should absolutely consider which which incorporates reaching the children at a younger age and um, looking at the science of how we learn how to read and it's it's beyond phonetics and just being able to read off the page is you have to comprehend you have to be able to think critically um, so even a curriculum overhaul is necessary a whole curriculum is overhaul is necessary um, and i tell people you can't expect the structure that has wanted to keep you oppressed to take initiative and in wanting to liberate us um, so parents have to be mindful we we have to decide, you know, for ourselves, what is it that I want for myself and my children, you know? Um, And then I have a solution for that as well. So this year I'm implementing a a parenting training curriculum um, by a a, a curriculum called Raising Highly Capable Kids, you know? And this is how do you create caring, kind, capable children um, so that based on research, their GPAs go up, they're less likely to enter the prison pipeline. They're less likely to turn to you know, substances and addiction and the, the, you know, the, the less favorable behaviors and make better choices. And it starts with the parents. It starts with the household. Um, so we, you know, we spend a lot of time getting on the school system, getting on the children. It's time to get at the parents. You know, the, parent, you, you got, the parents have to be accountable. You know, go to the PTA, get involved, like go to the school, see what's going on. If your children are in the school, you should be, especially if they're in a traditional setting. Parents need to be there paying attention, checking up on the teachers, checking up on the classes, uh, organizing, if not a part of the PTA, um, and having expectations about what their child should know.
0: You you bring me to a point where talking about community engagement and even going deeper, talking about parental engagement. um, These numbers may be old, but I know they're probably not that far off, is that they were 12% of parent involvement in the PTAs. Mm. So the thought of that is, how do we stimulate parents to be more involved in the day-to-day activity and learning of their youth? Um, you know, it's very hard and it's very difficult. Um, I know for some parents, we have a lot of single parents where there's one mom, you know, where she's taking care of the kids. She's probably working two jobs to make sure that the um, ends meet from that end, from the financial end. But there's going to be a lag off and a fall off in the um, participation with the child and watching their educational development. So one of the things, as I know, um, you're involved with the CDP, the um, Community um, Economic, Economic Development, Development Partnership, Partnership, and I, I heard that you're the education chair. And so the thought to me and that I want our listeners to really hone in and, and get this point is, You said it and you reminded me, it's almost like a bank account. I was talking to a young gentleman the other day. You can't put $50 in the bank and withdraw $100. It's going to come up insufficient funds. So we can't just expect our kids to naturally be good readers, be good in arithmetic. Um, You know, I always talk to my daughter about reading comprehension. After you read that paragraph, after you read that chapter, after you read that book, what did it mean? What what was the meaning of what was being said? I think it's not that we don't always have children that can't just naturally read, read the words. I think we struggle sometimes with the comprehension and the application of the knowledge that is read in the passages. And so how, how does the SAGE Academy help the student to hone in on that comprehension part and how important that comprehension part is?
1: Oh, oh, I, I, I would interview with you anytime. <laughs> um, the, so comprehension or reading comprehension, you gave a great place to start from this, the application of the passage. How is the passage how is the, the the reading material relevant to the child that that that's the first piece of it and comprehension and critical thinking is not a um, a, um, a monolithic uh, skill and concept it is um, directly, it's, it's relative to the subject area that one is studying. The critical thinking skills needed in math is, are different from the critical thinking skills needed in science or history or law. Um, so it's subject specific. And then even as adults, we're only interested in what we're interested in, and we're only going to apply what is relevant to us. So first off, again, curriculum overhaul. What is it that we're teaching these children? And what Sage Academy strives to do, again, I, I, I said this, we, the students direct the curriculum. Their interests, the, we, we assess the family's overall goals, um, entrepreneurship is a huge component of what we're teaching children and the financial literacy skills that go around all of life. Um, the curriculum is chosen based on, and curriculum is basically what's taught, You know, just so I, I like to make sure people are in the same context when we're speaking. So your curriculum is, is what is taught. That's, that's balanced. There's so much we can teach, all right? But we want to draw from the student to determine what it is of interest to them. Um, and, and how you teach those skills, it depends on the subject area that's being taught. It depends on the subject matter that's being taught. Um, you know, and then the purpose, establishing the purpose for learning and let that come from the students. I, I think that that's more, that, that produces application, a real world application scenario easier than again, the way the current system is structured. This is what you have to know by sixth, seventh, eighth grade. Here's the, you know, here's our textbooks. And we know about the textbooks. We don't even have time to get into that, right? So what are teachers doing now? Like, wh- where are we with the textbook conversation? You know, <laughs> they, they don't want critical race theory. We, it, it's out there now. that The textbooks have been altered not to tell the truth. So so what's happening? What's, what's, what, what's the curriculum right now? What's being taught? Um, so here at SAGE, we have full control over that. We have control over what our, what our students learn, and we make sure that it's relevant to them and their families' generational wealth building plan
0: <laughs> so, so i i have to bring up this this um old saying and you know we're always trying to combat it but they always said if you want to hide something from a black person put it in a book In book,
1: absolutely I so how do that you that encourage
0: people read? to read more
1: um well so i guess in school you have to but for my children i model it my you read the parent has to be reading have books around the home we're not buying the right things you know what i mean i bet you your cable subscription is on fleet is if and, that's the way they say it anymore and,
0: and about but two, have you, 220 to 250 a month
1: <laughs> yeah okay, okay. The and then you buy your weight in lines you are wait in line i couldn't wait to get somewhere in public to say this you waiting in line for 500 dollars sneakers. But you can't afford Sage Academy, and then you making you 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 yelling at the child when they ain't walking right are gonna scuff them up because you know they don't appreciate it the moment you walk them out the store. (laughs) And what value do they bring? You know, so that goes into this this false sense of our the false sense of value we have in the things we have, you know, in order to feel that we have made it or that we are equal, you know, to the other. And we really just have to, you know, change our mindset, our mentality around what's important, you know? Um, so modeling is it, modeling and having the expectation. You know, it could be a magazine, it could be books, like the library is, is, is free, it's free. You know, you can go check out up to 30 books, I think at a time for two weeks. So we have to model it, we have to expect it, it has to, it has to be the norm. You know, I'm not saying don't watch your reality shows. You know that's that's what I do when I need to wooze I watch something mindless. because otherwise that that stuff is boring as hell to me. You know, I would rather read a book. I, I can't even show this is this is this is this is sitting next to me. This is just this <laughs> this is just right here where I sit every day. You know, not to mention the piles and piles that I got to get out of storage so I can set them up between the house and the new school. You know, so.
0: So making it, making it a daily routine, making mm-hmm. it habitual. Um, yes. I always like to give a shout out to my dear friend, Diane Brown over at Stetson Library. That's we great. always have this joke of, I always see her, I said, natural resources. Yes. Making the library a natural place that you visit. Um, mm, it you might, go, you might don't have to go every day, <laughs> but you may go once a week or every other week. Like you said, take out a couple of books and read them you know, mm-hmm. and even probably test yourself. What did I learn from that? Write down the notes of what I thought that meant and applied, did it have any real world application or daily application for me? So we're about- half.
1: Look, I, did I like it and why? Now you're writing a review. Did you like what you read? So even from that, you're getting different form, writing styles in your repertoire, you know, and it's all based on choice. You get to choose your content.
0: You brought up an interesting point, And I guess it's where I want to weigh because I've always struggled with it. You talk about materialism and then you're talking about the weight versus education. And we're having this big debate now also that you know, education is the key to success. You go off to college, get a degree. You come back to your local neighborhood or your local community and you have this huge debt. And now you're trying to find a job that not only can help you sustain regular daily life activities, but how are you going to pay this debt? You have this $100,000 debt, you have a master's degree now, but you're working at a job that pays you $75,000 on the paper, but we all know that comes out to about forty-five dollars in actual cash that comes to you but you owe a hundred thousand. So some of them, some, what, what do you do to the naysayers? Oh man, I don't, his, that education is that important. I know, I know doctors that graduated from Yale is working at McDonald's. They couldn't even find a job. How do you keep those individuals saying education is still the key to success?
1: Um, be, because it's true. And the, the, the question is the source, what's the source of the education? It, it's, it's, it's not college anymore. You know, we want to to keep it 100, as the kids say, Um, YouTube adversity. You know, this is the information age we're living in. So knowledge and information is available everywhere and anywhere. And the colleges now have to pivot and do something differently to accommodate these millennials who are saying, we don't need your college. But they're opening businesses you know they're family people they're entrepreneurs their families are have businesses so this is what people are doing now and that skill set is something you can learn from you know certifications a training a mentor so education is the key but you have to pursue it and it, and it and it's different for everyone um, i i don't think college is, is a, a necessity for everyone you know I, if my if my children want to go that is going to be their choice but I, I'm building a legacy so that they will have the choice to make. You know, they, they can work for the family businesses. They can go off and do something on their own. They can go to college if they want. That, that would be a choice, but they'll be given a foundation to be able to have that as an option. That's the met being able to have those options. And I'll, I'll tell a quick story about my own experience with college and loans. Um, again, Maurice, it all boils down to choice. My first year of college was at Howard University, HBCU, so proud of that. Did I finish there? No. Have I had, you know, felt some kind of way sometimes over that? Absolutely. Wondering, okay, how would life have been different if I would have got to finish up the HBCU and all these things? Um, but I was first generation college with very little support around my, my um, college uh, career. And there wasn't pressure to go. You know, it was innate. It was something I wanted. But the second year would have begun to cost me a lot of money to stay there. I transferred back home to Southern Connecticut State University, ended up owning $3,000 and never had student loans over my head. And I have since gained a, ma- a master's degree and am on my way to pursue a JD. But that's what I want. It's, that's what I'm interested in. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm an intellect. I love being in academia. I love dialogue and discourse and research, um, digging around out of curiosity, like, uh, um, Zora Neale Hurston caught, said research is. you know, so it's based on the interest. Meanwhile, I have daughters who are very artsy. <laughs> they want to act and draw and I need to let them do that. Otherwise I'm going to kill their gift and dream. They came here to do something that I can't, Oh, you know, those families who, oh, your your, your great-grandfather went to this college and, you know, we're all engineers. And meanwhile, the person's miserable because they're not living their reality.
0: Mm -hmm. Education, the key to the success, as we're learning, there's many different facets to it. Um, One of them that you're helping me to understand is that will and that desire to learn. So Mm -hmm. on that topic, we see what's going on in our local communities. How do you feel we can use, I like to use this word, edutainment? How can we make it exciting for you to learn? Because one thing that I learned at an early age is wisdom is the application of accurate knowledge. Right. and most of the times even I look at myself and I laugh because you know I have the gray beard now one day I was walking into a store and the, and the young gentleman said hey OG hey OG did you dye your um, beard like that and I just started laughing and I said to him I said if you live long enough you'll get a chance for your beard to be the same color and he laughed and I hope mm-hmm. he kind of understood what I meant but the thought is you become wiser as you get older if you apply accurate knowledge that you're able to obtain. So how do we, in this millennial time, with young people are very excited about a lot of stuff that has to do with entertainment, how can we turn some of that into edutainment to where they're also learning while they're able to enjoy themselves?
1: Yes, yeah, so Sage Academy calls that combining ancient skills with modern tools and recognizing that every culture has tools of that culture, right? And the tools of the culture is technology and the internet. Um, so gaming, you know, so we have to incorporate that into the learning program, you know, um, teach coding, show them how to make the game, not play the game. And now you can you, you make money off of building the game, you know, creating. Um, so that's it, in, incorporating you know, art was something else that was taken out of the curriculum you know, with the changes in the um, education policy. So restoring the arts you know, as, a, as, a, as a bedrock of knowledge acquisition um, and, and, and reaching all learning styles. Um, learn by example. We have to be examples of the way to live. You know, we, people spend a lot of time talking at, at children. This is what you got to do. You need to do this, do that. Well, are you doing it? Are you showing them the way? Um, And I think... I don't know. Would you say, was it fun? Have you attended, you've attended a Talk Tuesday? As, a, as I heard you were the, yes. I heard you're a sponsor. I, <laughs> I heard the CEVP is a sponsor of the Elements Talk Tuesday's event. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you came by to see if we were utilizing those funds appropriately. Oh, definitely. Can you say that the Elements of Abundance are creating exemplary fun, engaging experiences where people can learn a lot?
0: Yes, definitely. But I also, what I struggled with when I was in school was the mix of being nerdy, or as we, you know, the young people like to have terminology, you know, I was a straight A and B student, and being lit. So how do you be able to be both? How do you be able to be able to be that person that's dead serious about their classwork and making sure that they get good grades. I never forget. It. My dad always told me that a C is average, and that a young black man can't be average to make it. So I never would try to ever get a C on my report card. Now you have kids that say, "Oh well, I, I passed. I, you know that was good. I, I, you know, I passed. I passed a seventy-two. I passed." I passed. And I think we're missing it. Um, you know, a mentor of mine always said, why settle for good when great exists? And mm-hmm. so how do we get our children to continue to be on that path of greatness and understanding that this education is going to be the key to their success? And I like how you put it because it may not be you going to college. It takes a lot of brains and smarts to run a business. Mm-hmm. So you, you may go into the business field. You know, my niece went, to college, and now she's going to be a, she's a great makeup artist, and, and she's starting to learn how to make money, and she's doing her own thing, and some people might say, well, she went to college, why did she kind of waste that education, she didn't waste it, she's doing what she loves to do, and she's making money, so how do we do that blend of saying, "Yeah, you know what, you know, I'm kind of smart, I got, I got my head on the right shoulder, and all that, but I'm lit too, you know, what, what's that, what's that proper, we just
1: be, we just be, I think, um, you know, my, my, my husband would say, be a cool nerd. That's what he was labeled. <laughs> he was labeled a cool nerd. You know, I, I was that cool nerd and didn't know it then. I was, no one told me, you know, but now all my peers as an adult be like, you know, I, I find out how much I was admired and, you know, crushes and all these things that nobody brought up when we was in school. Um, but um, I, I, I think, again, you know what? I Storytelling. I think storytelling is is a, art is an art that we need to bring back, you know. Um, so just sharing and dialogue and, and and telling our stories because there's young young people looking up to us, not realizing we're as old as we are. You know, they think we're cool. So they have to hear our stories about how well we did in school. You know, how, how corny people, you know, people called us corny, but we, you know, we did things and we, we were good in school. And, um, you know, we were a part of the popular groups in some areas, some kind of way. I mean, I know I, I, I was connected with everyone. So the way I am now, I'm not cliquish. I don't need to be in the group, in the organization. I'm connected with everybody, you know? Um, so I think maybe just, finding ways to include the children. You know, my my husband and I were talking recently about how we were that generation of, you know, go somewhere. You know, the adults are in the room. Go go somewhere, go in your room. You know, don't don't be... Don't play in the living room. (laughs) I think we need to reverse that though. I think we, especially our generation who are... We're networking. We're being entrepreneurs. We're 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 building. We're developing community economic development programs. So our children and their peers and any other ones we can get to want to be around us should be present when we're having these meetings, having these conversations. You know, find ways to socialize where, where, we, where the kids, where it's okay for the children to be around. Again, the adults want we adults are almost selfish. We're almost selfish sometimes. We're too busy wanting to make sure we can say what we want to say out of our mouth, drink what we want to drink, smoke what we want to smoke, and, and the kids be somewhere, go somewhere. So okay. what are they going to do?
0: It's, it's well, funny that you said that because this morning I just I was looking at something on social media, and I guess it was from some um, preschool kids, and they asked them to tell, draw your mom's favorite hobby. Mm. <laughs> And then Ooh. the little little girl basically, drove, she said, my mom likes to drink. and she draws a little picture of her mom sitting at a table and you see the drink. And I put up there, I said, just keep in mind that children are going to go by what they see, not always by what you say. So this, you know, you can see it was an elementary child by the drawing. But you could see that one thing that was clear is that they yeah. saw on several and many occasions the mom drinking. And, um, you know, these the same way we set precedent in anything else, we have to set the precedent of what our child is going to learn.
1: Absolutely.
0: And so, our encouragement to those out there, we know it's tough um, trying to provide for children, but you're at the education values that you have have to rub off on your child. And you have to be the leader in making sure that, hey, it's going to turn the TV off. You've been watching for about an hour. Why not you read a book for another hour before you Definitely. go to bed? We have to set some type of precedence or some type of standards that's going to encourage our kids to understand that. For me, even to this day at 50 years old, learning is fun for me. When I mm-hmm. learn something new, I'm excited, I smile, I'm happy because nice. I didn't know that. And I sit mm-hmm. there and I'd be like, wow, You because know, sometimes you got to well, I thought I knew, you know, that or I didn't. And it's fun to learn. So it how is. do we encourage those kids to understand, listen, there's a whole big world out here that you need to learn about and you need to find your niche of what's going to help this education be a key for your success and, and, and encourage them along that. So we're, we're getting up on about 10 minutes left.
1: Mm-hmm. So I'm
0: going to divide it up, five and five. Mm-hmm. Five, I want you to give a, another pitch for being a part of Sage Academy, the importance of Sage Academy, and how it can make a difference in your kid's life. And then the last five, just your you know, a little bit more on hearing mm-hmm. that journey for you of being able to learn to take your education serious.
1: Nice, okay, so um, thank you. The Sage Academy is important for learners, lifelong learners, so that means from six and up, six to 60, and plus, we have something to offer. Um, The offering is gonna be founded on the four pillars of literacy, which are reading, writing, math, and civics. Um, and that means social studies, right? So um, social studies and language arts, I feel are the strongest um, areas that we um, have to master because it's, it's, it's the expression, it's learning from the past, Sankofa, an African, um, uh, I think, uh, Dinkra from the Akan a language, Sankofa, going to the past to, you know, to fetch what was good so we can learn and not repeat. Um, and then we need the language to be able to express that and to communicate it and to um, apply it, right? And then to apply it. Um, so SAGE wants to fill the gaps and be the, fill the gaps in where education is not delivering um, what is necessary for success And we are an option, we're an educational alternative for those institutions, organizations, or systems that are not educating children in a way where they're gonna be purposeful and successful. Um, We are non-public. We want to maintain our independence and to be able to control the narrative and curriculum for our, our students, our members. Um, so we seek donations, we seek gifts, we, speak, we seek sponsorship. Okay, I need our community to say yes to someone who can't say yes. We have six spots available for our youth academy, which is, um, you know, th- that's, that's my focus right now for Sage. I, I've shifted from online where I thought I was still in that space where I preferred um, working with high school and older to these babies who give me all the feels, And um, that, that I, I wanna pour everything we can into them, okay? And there's six spaces available for you all to help us feel and, and reach our capacity of full enrollment for the, for the fall. Um, the website is the name you see next to mine, sageacademy.com, www.sageacademy.com. Um, I invite you to explore the website, um, book a 30 minute interview with me just to ask questions, talk. Um, If you're new to homeschooling, you can get, you know, consult about, you know, what thing, you know, resources you can use or any questions you have. I'm a resource. I'm a resource for anything education. We also have our own online private community and I'm inviting my community to come in and use that space. That's my children are not on social media. But they have their own social media platform through the academy, so I'm inviting the community. You know, come. Um, it's 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 study hall. It's study hall online. You know, we have a game room. Um, we have a gift shop. You can buy um you know sage paraphernalia for um, upcoming gifts and things like that. Um, so we have to support each other. We have to we have to support each other. Obviously, we're black owned, uh, woman owned, family run and operated and owned. So. You know let's put our money where our health is and it starts with education
0: sounds great sounds great just want um be conscious of this is an election year so you're seeing all the commercials up um, for the election all the different candidates for so many different positions throughout our state please make a small psa to our candidates about the importance of them stressing and putting money behind education.
1: Civic engagement at its finest. Absolutely. This is my public announcement. Whether you are Democratic, Republican, independent, education is nonpartisan. Okay, you have to, you've taken an oath to be impartial and do what is necessary for people to have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And folks can't do that without a proper and just education. Appreciate it. Wow, that. Wow, that's great.
0: <laughs> so we got about three minutes left. And so what we're gonna do now with these last three minutes is um, we're gonna also once again explain that Miss um, Santana is the education chair for the CDP, which stands for Community Economic Development Plan, which is out of Dixwell in the New Hallville area, where we're trying mm-hmm. to empower all our residents in those in that two parts of the city but of course to expand throughout the whole city a need to be a part of the change in your community that's going to affect each resident so um, these are these are the individuals that we assemble as a group to lead and be able to um, touch on such strong um, importance of things like education economic development health Um, And many other topics. So as you start to um, float through our town and our wonderful town of New Haven, which I'm so proud of. Yes, we do have some challenges that we have to continue to to face, but this is home sweet home. Um, I've 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 thoroughly enjoyed this. I don't even want to consider an interview because before we came on, I I wanted to silence her nerves of just saying, Hey, Arden, you're just going to be talking to a dear friend and a conversation (laughs) and a dialogue, just that Mm -hmm. many other people can hear it. And so, um, Once again, I also like to thank Tom Ficklin again, he gives me this opportunity, the first of every month. And so if anybody has any particular topics that you want to get in touch with me with, you have some special guests that you feel would be great on the show for us to talk about this um, first Friday of every month, which I call Real Talk, because we wanna talk about the real issues and we wanna present it to people in a real way to let them know that we are being conscious of what's going on in our community. And as we continue to try to get that village back that we lost for so many years, it is gonna take people like Arden Santana and others to be a part of this village that helps to raise our young people to understand that education is the key to success. So once again, I would like to thank you so much, Arden, for being here today. May the rest of the viewers and individuals that are part of this program today enjoy a beautiful weekend. Stay hydrated. It's warm out there. Remember that education is the key to success and find your niche and help not only yourself as older individuals in our community, but make sure we pay that attention to our young people and make sure they're being steered in the direction of always putting their education first. So with that, we'd like to say everyone have a blessed Friday and we look forward to seeing you next month on the Tom Picklin yeah. Show, Real Talk. As I got another rhyme, another rhythm for y'all to listen. I'm never quitting on my mission, I'ma roll with what I'm giving. Got some ambition, this new addition, filling positions. Looking at the void in myself and feeling what's missing. Better watch the way you're going, better go in the right direction. In the moment, you're stressing, but you're gonna be counting blessings. And I know that for certain. Keep on working, open curtains. Hate it swerving, cause they ain't ready for your final version. Whoa. I'm never gonna
1: get